Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to another episode of The Sound Heart. Uh, This evening, uh, our topic is Jesus, the great physician of soul, mind, and body. Jesus, the great physician of soul, mind, and body. So before we get on our study tonight, let us have a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we get thanks for this opportunity to study your word. We ask to be guided by the Spirit of the Lord, the author of the scripture. And he is one who enlightens our hearts so that we might behold the wonderful things of the book of our law. Thank you for this night and this opportunity in Jesus' name. Amen. So tonight I'm going to be speaking from the Gospel of Luke. And as you recall, Luke himself was a physician. And he wrote two documents for the the new Testament, that is, for the New Covenant. He wrote the Gospel of Luke, and he also wrote the Book of Acts. And in Luke chapter 1, we have uh, a dedication to a believer uh, that is provided uh, by by Luke. And so uh, in chapter 1, uh, we read in verse 1, quote, verse 1 and following, much as many have taken in hand to set forth in order, the language is very important, to set forth in order a declaration of those things which are most surely believed among us, even as they delivered them unto us, which from the beginning were eyewitnesses. The language is very important which were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word. It seemed good to me, having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first, to write unto thee in order, most excellent Theophilus. And his name, of course, means God lover. Theophilus means God lover or lover of God that thou mightest know the certainty. Now, this word certainty in the Greek actually means safety. That thou mightest know the safety of those things wherein thou hast been instructed. So uh, this opening language is very important for us to understand as believers so that we we might have perfect certitude or perfect confidence in this document. Uh, that Luke has written, and he names sources. He has received a tradition, and he has he has faithfully recorded, and he will faithfully execute and pass down uh, tr- the tradition that he has received. Now, it is commonly believed among New Testament scholars that 
the Gospel of Mark is the first uh, inscripturated document. And it is believed that both Matthew and Luke uh, took some information from the Gospel of Mark. The Gospel, the, the Gospel of John is a different story, however. There's another tradition uh, with, record, with regard to that doctrine that we will not discuss now. But our focus is this document. It is the Gospel of Luke. And so uh, Luke records the birth of John the Baptist, and he, in chapter 1, records the appearance of the angel Gabriel to Mary or Miriam. We read in chapter 1, verse 26, And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto the city of Galilee, named Nazareth. Now, this language is important because uh, now we, we, we are immersed into the supernatural. Uh, Luke was inspired, or he was born along by the Spirit of God uh, to, to write this doc, uh, down this document. So, we use a scripturator, or we say God breathed. That is, this document was breathed out by the Spirit of God. And so Luke wrote down what the Holy Spirit uh, had given him to write. So, verse 27, uh, Luke 127, to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. Now, we know that both Joseph and Miriam were of the house of David. Very important. So they were both in the royal lineage. Now, the Gospel of Matthew records uh, the, uh, the relationship of Joseph to the lineage of David. And uh, so... Because in, in the gospel, excuse me, <laughs> and because in Jeremiah, uh, the, the lineage uh, of which Joseph was a part was cursed through Kaniah, and you can go back into the book of Jeremiah and read about Kaniah. That line was cursed. So Jesus could not inherit the throne of his father David through Joseph. Joseph was not his biological father. Joseph was his legal father. But uh, when we go to the Gospel of Luke, we read, the lineage, read about the lineage of Miriam through Heli. And so this was also, this family was also in the royal line of David. So Jesus it can and does inherit the throne of his father, uh, David, through his mother, Miriam. So I just want you to get why uh, in the Old Testament there's this fierce encounter, this fierce uh, battle uh, with, uh, that Satan has uh, put forth in order to destroy or to keep Jesus from coming on the scene. And even when Jesus uh, was a baby, he had uh, to flee into Egypt until Herod uh, would be dead. 
And so the prophecy would be fulfilled, out of Egypt I have called my son. And so the danger, as it were, that immediate threat of, of being destroyed by Herod uh, was, was overcome by God. And so I just want you to get an idea of what God has done for our salvation. And this fierce entanglement and uh, this ferocity uh, of the anger of Satan against God. Now, we read in, in Genesis 3 where God talks about the destruction of the devil. And so uh, we read that Jesus would crush the head of the serpent. He would destroy uh, uh, Satan, and therefore by crushing the head or the authority of Satan, he will destroy also the powers, that, the, the dark powers that are aligned with Satan. Jesus will also, in his second coming, destroy the Antichrist, the man of sin, the son of perdition. He will destroy him with the brightness of the Shekinah glory when he returns to, uh, to set up his kingdom. Hallelujah. So, uh, Miriam is impregnated of the Holy Spirit. And so, Jesus is called that holy thing, which was deposited into her womb. There was the nine-month gestation period, and then uh, there was the natural birth process. And so, this was uh, the details are given to us by the physician who understands this, who knows this, and knows how this works. And so uh, the, the information that, that Luke has, has provided for us is very telling. Now, I want to go back uh, in, uh, in Luke 1, verse 2, uh, in which reads, quote, uh, quote, even as they delivered them unto us, which were from the beginning, eyewitnesses and ministers of the word. Uh, and so eyewitnesses is autopsy, from which we get our word autopsy. There are many other words that uh, Luke is going to use in the original language uh, with regard to the public ministry of Jesus uh, that some people, if they knew it, would, would be very upset because Luke is versed to the type of healing ministry that Jesus engaged in during his public ministry. So, and that's why um, I believe that there are people who have different shows online and uh, they say very general things about scripture, but they lack a specific connection, and they lack a coherent and consistent and methodical understanding of eschatology, of soteriology, that is the doctrine of salvation, and of the word of God. So what we are seeing now, what has befallen Western civilization, as it were, is uh, are the consequences of, of ignoring or deliberately ignoring the word of God. And so 
uh, when people deliberately ignore the word or pretend that the word does not exist or that God does not matter and that they can do whatever they choose to do, what happens is what? A moral relativism. And if you read carefully uh, Paul's letter to the Ephesians, he talks about the spiraling nature of darkness. And Jesus talks about how a certain men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. So that is gotia, the consequences of darkness. Men love uh, agape, the same word in John 3.16. Men love darkness rather than light or instead of light because their deeds, what they did, were evil. And God knows what is done in darkness. God has said that what is done in darkness shall be exposed to the light. Even with the sins of God's own in both the Old Testament, you read in the Old Testament how God exposed the sins of of his own to the light. Because uh, we read in the scripture, God as to his nature is light. Uh, And in him is no darkness at all. God is not going to protect his own from the consequences of their sin. Because sin is a willful violation of the known will of God. And so it is a choice. It is not why I can't help it. And this is why the Bible says don't plan to sin. Don't plan for sin. Don't, Don't set yourself up to sin. And then there's the excuse, well, I couldn't help myself, uh, and so I fell into sin. And then there's that very sorry, uh, it's not real repentance. Uh, people, when people are caught or, or their, their, their sin is found out, there's, there's a worldly sorrow for, oh, now my, my veil has collapsed and I've been found out. And so they, there is that, that fake repentance where there's a, the, uh, the tears streaming down. I remember a long time ago, uh, this, this preacher got caught with this woman, and oh, my gosh, I mean, he was just acting out on TV, uh, his sin. I remember two different preachers got uh, the same sin. And um, I remember one, uh, he was caught you know, posthumously. And uh, it was revealed what he was doing or, or had done. Or, or, and, and so the, the lie is exposed by God. And so Jesus is the great physician. Jesus, as a great physician, uh, saves us out from the consequences of sin, number one. He saves us. He rescues us from what? From sin. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Jesus died a substitutionary death on our behalf. And so uh, through his blood, uh, his blood not really covered our sins. His blood blotted out, took away our sin. And so now... Because we have been, we have believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, and we have been saved. Now we, uh, Paul talks about 
walking in newness of life. Before, we could not walk in newness of life because we walk in darkness. And in that imagery, it means to impede or to hinder so that one does not know where one is going. That is what darkness does. It impedes, it, it hinders because there is no light. Where are you going to go if there is no light? Because you can't see uh, what's going on. But when the glorious gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ shine into our hearts, remember, it is God who said in Genesis 1, like be and like was, God says the same thing in our hearts, darkened by sin. He says, let there be light, or light be, and light was is. This is God's gift to us. Jesus, the great physician, is God's gift to our soul uh, when we were dead in trespasses and sin. The soul is what it is that part of us, that invisible part of us, uh, which is comprised by uh, the, the mind, consciousness, uh, and will. Primarily, mind, consciousness, and will. So that's our soul, which includes, and and so uh, also the body. The Bible teaches the unity of soul, mind, and body. That is, the Bible never says we have a soul, a mind, and a body. The Bible teaches the unity, just like the Old Testament. This is the unity of our being. We are unitary beings. Okay? Now, uh, we, we have spirit now. Uh, we have spirits as believers. And there are theologians who believe that we do not have spirit as believers prior to salvation. But that we have spirit now, which makes us alive unto God, uh, and it is the spirit part of us that allows God consciousness, our spirit. We worship God in spirit and in truth. The soulful part of us uh, is adapted to this plane. When we uh, are united with our Savior, we will receive a resurrection body, a body that is designed for the heavenly realm. So it is a different body, and we read that in the post-resurrection body of Jesus, there is no corruptible blood. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that fascinating? So uh, we will be different beings, and uh, uh, we will move in fa- at fantastic speed. We will be able to move at the speed of thought through different realms. Uh, that is through the resurrection body because the resurrection body will not be uh, limited to this sphere. So as we go on uh, in in Luke chapter 2, Jesus is uh, is found uh, in verse uh, 243, and when they had fulfilled the days, and, and as they returned, the child Jesus tarried in Jerusalem behind. And Joseph and his mother knew not uh, knew it not of it not. But they, supposing him to have been in the company, went a day's journey, and they sought him among their kinfolk and acquaintance. 
Now, he is 12 years old. They can't find their son. They don't know where he is. And verse 45, when they found him not, they turned back again to Jerusalem, seeking him. And it came to pass, listen to this, after three days, I can't imagine what their hearts were going through. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking questions. So, and all that heard him were astonished at his understanding as, and answers. So, he was talking with uh, the men who were well-versed uh, and expert in the law. And so, uh, he was engaged in legal dis- discussion and interrogation. So uh, the people were astonished at his penetrating insight. That is his critical insight. He had a a, a sagacious spirit. He was 12 years old. And God was building him uh, into something marvelous. And so uh, verse 48, and when they saw him, his parents, they were amazed. And his mother said unto him, Son, why hast thou thus dealt with us? Behold, thy father and I have sought thee sorrowing. And he said unto them, How is it that you sought me? Wist ye not that I must be about my father's business? And they understood not the thing which he spoke unto them. Now, uh, he was 12 years old, so he was not yet a son of the law, according to Hebrew tradition. He was 12. Is at 13 uh, when he would become a son of the law, and he went and he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject unto him. That is, he arranged himself under their authority. But his mother kept all these things in her heart. Remember, Gabriel had appeared unto his mother and told him uh, wonderful things about this particular child. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Notice the balance of his personality. Notice the balance of his life. Notice the balance of his ministry. Notice that that extraordinary balance uh, uh, in his character. So John the Baptist in chapter 3 comes on the scene. John, of course, is the forerunner of Jesus in chapter 4. The devil tempts Jesus. uh, And... Jesus and in uh, Luke four one and Jesus being full, uh, that word means complete, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from Jordan after he was baptized by John, and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Now it is interesting that in Mark, uh, Mark uses a an interesting verb. Mark says that Jesus was thrown or cast into the wilderness. To be tested under the devil. The Greek word is hupo. Again, he is he uh, was arranged under, uh, tempted forty days of the devil, and in those days he did eat nothing. And when they were in there, the word hungered, uh, literally uh, he was starving. And notice 
very carefully how the devil uh, tempts. Notice he counts to him first by saying, since you be, not if you be the son of God, since you be the son of God, command the stone that it be made bread. So, and, uh, and this event, this temptation event, what did the devil want Jesus to do? The devil wanted Jesus to step outside of God's revealed will for his life. Look, I'm hungry, and so I need to eat. Surely, if I disobeyed, surely if I did this, God would understand. Jesus, remember his sagacious spirit. Remember his keen, serious, critical mind. He never sought for ways to compromise his integrity. He never sought for ways to compromise his character. Everything about him was precise, orderly, and and extraordinary. And so uh, his character was impeccable. He was impeccable in character. So, when Luke goes into deeper uh, information in chapter 6, for instance, about the ministry of Jesus, he writes in verse 17, and he came down with them and stood in the plain. He was out there delivering his sermon on the mount and the company of his disciples and a great multitude of people out of all Judea and Jerusalem and from the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon, which came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. That is, in the Greek, it is uh, grievous diseases. And they that were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed. Now, I want you to get an idea of the healing ministry of Jesus. People who have been tortured in their soul. Okay? These people, yes, they were in a collective mental health crisis. But notice, uh, when one is tortured in the soul, it affects the mind and the body. So, uh, so here, these people were mobbed in the Greek. They were mobbed and harassed by unclean spirits. And many people have these uh, have this going on today. But the medical establishment today in the West provides uh, pharmaceuticals uh, in order to manage. Uh, people's hurts, people's torments, because they have no real answer. And the whole multitude sought to touch him, for there went virtue out of him, and he healed them all. That is to restore bodily. Uh, These people had no access to a physician's care, to a doctor. But when they touched him, they were made whole. They were healed. So, uh, in chapter Luke chapter 7, uh, beginning at verse 21, quote, And in the same hour he cured many of their infirmities and plagues. And that word, uh, plagues, is mastigon, and it means that which whips or beats. And of evil spirits, and unto many that were blind he gave sight. So much detail is given by Luke as to uh, the public ministry of Jesus. 
Now, in my next episode, I'm going to go more deeply uh, into uh, the record, record that provided for us. Uh, for instance, like in chapter 9, verse 1, quote, then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. Word in Greek is gnosis. The English word is nosology, from which we get our word. Uh, nosology refers to the classification of diseases. He, uh, and so his disciples would have the power to therapeuo, that is to serve, to do service, to restore, to help. That is the meaning of the word in therapeuo, to restore, to serve, to do service. So this is the power of Jesus that we read about and we can study about as we study the Gospel of Luke. If you would go back and study the Gospel of Luke and pray and praise, you will see and know a decisive change in your own life today. If you follow, if you believe the Word of God, He will heal you. Remember, He is the great physician, not only then in the past, but right now. Jesus is the great physician of soul, mind, and body. And so until our uh, our next episode, uh, God bless you, and uh, please go back and read the Gospel of Luke. Good evening.